Welcome to The Brand Manual, a podcast exploring brand identity and messaging. We talk to business pros who have quite a bit to say about how good strategy fuels their brands. We have a good time, and we learn so much from our guests, and we hope you do too. We're glad you found us. Today's guests on The Brand Manual are Matt Faulkner and Brian Gibbs of Pack Design Studio. Aside from being longtime friends, they've done work for us. Fidelis has been their client. We can tell you one thing, they're absolutely everything they say they are. They're the real you. So join us today as we hear a little bit about bad projects, lunar bases, and growing in-house talent. Thanks, guys, for being on. Uh, we are, man, we are pumped to hear about Pact. We are so excited that y'all would take the time and would join us. Um, jump right into it. Tell us a little bit about what is Pact and what products, services, all that. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, we're happy to do it. So we are, um, well, we're, we're an architecture firm that just entered, uh, we just entered into our seventh year of existence. Uh, nice. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. thanks. We've, we've been in business for seven years. We've had four different office locations, but it feels like now we're kind of settling into a bit of um, uh, what might be kind of a, a, a more stable location. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. Good growth. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all have that, uh, that beautiful location on that second floor in downtown Bryan. It just, it's so pretty. <laughs> it's just yeah, nice. We like it. It's yeah. fun being up there. So we've been in downtown for about four years now and finally got into this office space. Uh, about two years ago we moved in and well, we're an architecture firm, so we're still, uh, punching away at the punch list, but uh, slowly but surely we'll get the final place finished up and, and settled in. That's well, cool. Tell us about how you guys met and the vision for the company and the origin of the name Pact and the significance of that. Those are the kinds of things that very much interest me. Yeah, absolutely. So Brian and I were in grad school together uh, here at a and uh, We both did undergrad and graduate school here uh, uh, at Texas A&M. And we were in grad school together and um, uh, got to know each other well there and both ended up leaving grad school and working at separate locations. But uh, ultimately, we ended up back here in College Station working at the same firm for about five or six years together and got to know each other really well and kind of how we work professionally, personally, what our beliefs are, what what our kind of posture towards the profession is. And uh, mm-hmm. and then got to have some long, long conversations about what we want to contribute to the profession and ask questions like, if we were doing our own thing, what might that look like? Um, yeah. And through those long conversations uh, is where Pact was born, basically. Um, what we both realized in our conversations at that point was we really want to serve people through design and architecture. And um, we want a commitment and a strong agreement with our clients that their project matters. And mm-hmm. we we honor that and we recognize that and how do we design based on what their needs are and what the mission of that project specifically is to advance their needs. Does that make sense? Right. Um, and so, yeah, you guys have really focused in on, it's actually your vision that matters. We just want to come alongside, right? So some of the stigma of, uh, advanced modern design is that, well, gosh, you go hire people who live in in a tower somewhere and they think high concept, but usability and a good interaction really matters to you. And and, and that comes through. Yeah, I think it it really does. At at the end of the day, um, what we're in is a service industry. And so we're providing a service to our clients. And so if we haven't 
met their needs and we haven't been successful. Now we certainly, um, we certainly in the office as we're working through a project in order for it to be successful, uh, implement and talk about a lot of kind of higher architectural thinking and design ideas. Uh, but those are really all in service of the client. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How do you go ahead? Sorry. Well, how do you keep that, uh, that, uh, that culture and that conversation alive? I know that y'all have a, a variety of architecture, uh, staff all the way from interns up to like really proficient higher higher grade i don't even know how to talk about it but yeah uh, you know you, how do y'all keep that alive well it's, i think that's a really good question the um i think the short answer is the uh we only have people on our team who are really passionate about what they're doing and passionate about architecture hmm. um Matt and I certainly are. We wouldn't have taken on the enormous task of starting uh, starting a firm if we we didn't feel that strongly about it. Uh, and we're really careful when we uh, when we interview and only hire folks not only that have a good skill set but also that really have that passion. Uh, and it's really kind of a two part passion: a passion for good design and for architecture, and a real desire to help people. Uh, and that's mm -hmm. one of the things we talk about quite a bit when we interview someone. Yeah. And we talk a That's lot awesome. in the office of uh, every project is unique and has a special unique need that it's going to satisfy for that client. And we ask a lot of questions up front with our clients to know, why does this project matter to you? And then we talk about that in the office as well. And that's part of our filter system when we're throwing out design concepts and ideas. It's always filtered through what is the need of that project for that client and how is this how is this item or concept or some high level architecture thinking or concept that pulls together? We can talk about it in the architectural language internally amongst ourselves, but then always need to come through and make sure, is this right for the client on this project? Mm -hmm. That's kind of where the rubber hits the road, right? Yeah. I mean, it's the factor, the, the determining factor of if it passes. Yeah. That's awesome. Exactly. So as you guys surveyed the landscape of the market when you guys were uh, concepting Pact, what did you think, we can do this one thing, we can do this one or two things that really, this is going to be different? Well, we started the company in the middle of the recession in 2011, oh, 2012, <laughs> when it first hit here. And so our first thoughts were, how do we just survive? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did we, I don't, did we survey the land? I don't think we surveyed the landscape. I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think if no, we had, yeah. we probably wouldn't be here. No, it started with oh, okay. conversations. And honestly, what it was, was, uh, it was less of surveying the landscape because of the recession and people were, I, our industry, Architecture can be seen as a disposable good, right? Or a, a, a non-essential. A non-essential. Yeah. And so it meant that we were forced to come up and describe our firm and establish it in a way that it's not an essential product, but it brings a value that you can't do without. Um, uh, that's so good. We spent a ton of time before we officially created the company learning how to do that and build a strong foundation for the company to build up from there. So before we even took on a client, we probably spent six months or more really establishing who we are, what we're about, how do we, how do we run a business? Because we were architecture majors. We never took business classes right. or didn't take a right. lot. I didn't. I was, and, I was a business minor, but I've forgotten most of what I learned yeah. 15 years <laughs> so ago. So it was a fast-paced, self-taught MBA for all of us getting things going. Yeah. Um, reading as much as we could and 
And that was kind of where it was. As long as we're confident in the business principles and understanding of how we move forward, we understand ultimately if we can serve our clients and serve our clients well, they're going mm-hmm. to be part of our marketing team and start telling our story. And that's how we're going to build our brand from there. And we're just going to have more work that grows from that. And I think we started but- with a belief of that and it, it really kind of came through. Yeah, I think we started with that belief and that passion. I would say retrospectively, we kind of um, were trying to, to re-describe and reinvent uh, to some extent what architecture is and what architects do and figure out how to tell that story in a way that would be convincing and um, show how we meet a real need. So we work, yeah. uh, we work a lot with, um, with business owners who are mm-hmm. either building a new business or trying to expand their business and we, we asked ourselves the question before we you know, talked to them and said, how can, we make, how can we make their business better? How does investing in hiring an architect make um, you more profitable in the end, make your business mm-hmm. more successful? We work with for-profit and non-profit organizations. So if you're a non-profit, how does, how does it make your organization better able to fulfill that mission? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't until we were able to really be able to talk about that uh, and believe it uh, really strongly uh, that it wasn't until then that we were able to really talk convincingly to, to clients and potential clients. So, so just even the naming of pact, right? Mm. So this speaks to that mutual agreement, understanding and alliance that's formed. Is that right? I mean, yeah, it's not an acronym for anything. Yeah. Most people think it's an acronym and it's always fun to see what people think that stands for, but it really Mm -hmm. is just the word pact. It really (laughs) genuinely as cheesy as it is, to be honest. And I know it's a little bit cheesy, but it really means like our approach towards every project is that we want to partner with our clients on those projects and make a pact that we're committed to making this successful for you. Yeah. That's great. That, yeah. What? and I would extend that to the relationship with the contractor as well. Really, a successful project usually involves so many different parties. The owner is a big part of that. The contractor is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certainly other consultants and other uh, entities involved, depending on the project. But we realized it's most a project is most successful, even if it would be successful otherwise. It's it's more successful uh, when everyone shares the same vision. So we see our role as an architect as kind of helping to guide and to focus that vision. So everyone's headed for the same goal. Yeah. I think a, 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 a problem that we've noticed um, that doesn't always happen, but sometimes in, in the industry is that you have too many different people focused on different things and kind of alluding to what you said earlier, sometimes people think that the architect is trying to impose their vision on, on a project instead of really listening to what the owner has to say. So in that scenario, mm-hmm. you'd have an owner wanting one thing, a contractor kind of trying to guide it and shift it in a different direction. And then a contractor coming in and wanting something different altogether. Right. We realize if we can right. get everyone on board with the same vision, uh, then projects are going to be successful and uh, owners are going to be more satisfied with the final product. Yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm going to back up a little bit to something you said about uh, creativity and how architecture is a non-essential, which is shocking to me. I, I no, feel no, no. like they said it's often perceived as a non-essential. Often perceived right. as a non-essential. That right. that perception is important yeah. because yeah. I've you know I've heard for the last decade and a half that creativity is a commodity. I mean, people constantly love saying that. You have so many creatives, whatever. So for my side of things, even you know back when I started hearing that for photography, it was kind of a shot, right? Like it was a little bit of a punch. 
Mm-hmm. I'm shocked to hear that on higher services or higher level services like architecture. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit validating for all creatives <laughs> everywhere to to know like we all get this, <laughs> right? And have to play in the marketplace. Yeah. Well, I think the re- the reason for that is that because in a lot of situations you can get by without an architect, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, and I think it's that it's it's our job as architects, and if people have that perception that it isn't on the central, it's our fault for not um, really demonstrating how architecture can um, kind of overcome the cost of the service and really make the project beneficial and be kind of a mm-hmm. net. Positive and, yeah, net positive. And actually, it can save money on an overall project cost. Um, and we've mm. seen that time and time again, that if you do good design that's efficient, you can design in a way to reduce construction costs, which then our fees would be offset by that. So there's an, a net right. gained value to the project with more thoughtful, intentional design implemented in construction that comes in at a lower construction cost, but your net project cost may be close to what it was originally. Or you, but plus, you, plus yeah. you get beauty, you get beauty and wonder, and just the enjoyment of actually operating in a functioning, mm-hmm. wonderful space. Right, yeah. and then when you when you play into how that physical environment can actually mm-hmm. affect the bottom line of a business or an organization and the productivity levels that can get increase over right. time, that value just I mean it goes yeah. greater than uh, we see architecture. We see it as a service primarily to our clients, but I often will talk with our clients about how <clears throat> the investment into our partnering with you on this project is will pay off. You will get a return on that right. investment in the long run for sure. Hmm. So this right. is, this is yeah. something we really believe in to kind of test that. One of the things we challenged ourselves with early on when we were first, you know, first um, kind of growing the company was to work with, to work with folks who didn't need an architect by law, you know, mm-hmm. at a, once you read it, reach a certain size, a certain number of stories, a certain complexity in a building for reasons of life safety, you have to have an architect that's it's legally required. Mm-hmm. But if you're building a house, you don't, you're not legally required to have an architect. If you're building a very small building for your business, you're not legally required. Mm-hmm. And so we challenged ourselves to really, um, to really acquire clients at, uh, early on who didn't, didn't need an architect, but mm-hmm. wanted an architect or saw the value in that. And so it was our job right. to be able to educate and kind of demonstrate and sell ourselves. Why are we, why are we a valuable part of your project? Why would you just not do without us? That's great. So, sorry, I'm going to jump in. The the you mentioned earlier that you started in the recession. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a financial hurdle. You're you're talking really about the spirit of uh, how businesses approach creativity. That's a philosophical hurdle. Are these the two big ones, or are there in your day to day? Are there big hurdles that y'all are overcoming? I'm sure there are. <laughs> I don't know what they are, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's a good question. Um, what's a big hurdle that we have right now? Well, so so uh, I, I phrased it a little differently, which is what is the one thing that you wish that every client would know about PAC that you find yourself explaining again and again to get people over these hurdles that mm. they encounter? Um, I, I, I would tie it back to what we were talking about before of the value that an architect brings to a project and overcoming that idea of that we're dispensable, uh, that we're not necessary to the project. Mm-hmm. 
but getting them educated on how we can actually, we actually would argue we're critical to a project, not oh, us as good. people individually and not Brian and Matt or any person on our team, but architect in general, that role in a community is vital and having strong architects in your community that are investing in the projects and, and, and giving thoughtful design decisions as to how the, the community is going to grow and get built out. That's going to help. That's, that's what we spend. I feel like a lot of time talking about of if we had to say, what's a hurdle. I think that's a hurdle. Yeah. I think that's, that's a hurdle. Something, uh, something that we've really come up against. Um, I didn't think of this at first, but now that now I'm thinking about it, it's a, it's a, it's a big hurdle is, um, is hiring and getting mm-hmm. and building a really strong team. Uh, right yeah. now we have, uh, I'm a little bit biased, but I would argue that we have um, probably the best architects in town um, on our team. Uh, we have some really talented folks. Uh, but as we're, as we're growing, I mentioned earlier in our hiring process, we're really picky about, um, about who comes on board to the team. Uh, and mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot of architecture students, we've got a lot in town, a lot are at the university, but then there's a big draw to go to big cities, right? Because if you're an architect, right. you want to learn about architecture, and then you want to go to where there is a lot of architecture and maybe a lot of a lot of big architecture. Um, mm-hmm. We see the. I mean, the, our town is growing, and it's not not uh, uh, going to stop anytime soon. And so we really see the advantage of here and being part of that growth uh, as architects. That's really exciting to us. And I think some we're, we've been able to um, kind of convince some of that, or find others who have that same kind of feeling. But I think hiring really um, qualified team members uh, here in town and what's still mm-hmm. kind of a, a mid-sized growing town has been a challenge. Yeah. You talk about, I've heard you talk in the past about positioning. So you talk about kind of, it's part educating your market, but also it's going after what you want to go after. Right. So how does, how does that, how has that worked on uh, finding your lane? How does that play into your business? That's a really good question. And I think that I think our answer to that has evolved multiple times over the years. And I, I think I, we're in a point of kind of <laughs> discussing this even now as to what's our next step, right? Like we've gotten to this mm-hmm. point, what's the next step? But I would say a common thread over the years as to how have we found what our lane is, is always going back to those early discussions of why we created the company and what we want to do as having a posture of service towards our clients um, matters. And, and that's helped us identify that lane. And as the projects have come in and we can look back and evaluate which ones went really well and which ones went terribly wrong, uh, the ones that went well always have a common theme to them of, we were able to understand what their needs were and create an environment that was conducive to enhancing what, why that project mm-hmm. mattered to them. And that's I thought really well in custom residential early on. We, we learned that early on. Why are we good at custom residential? Because we can do that and understand how uh, an individual, a family unit, uh, whatever it is, is going to operate in that physical environment we can work with that, right? And create places where moments can happen. And then working in some of the commercial stuff and then kind of by happenstance doing our first restaurant, um, learned 
over the years that there's actually within hospitality, um, the idea of service is huge, right? And the end experience is a really major factor in that and understanding what does that end experience need to be? How is that a pleasant experience at the end? That filters a lot of our ability to make decisions early on. And we've Mm -hmm. learned that restaurants, food service, hospitality, custom residential, and then the successful projects we have outside of those, even at like higher education level, they all come back to uh, an approach towards hospitality and end user experience of those spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, okay. How would you answer that? Yeah, I don't know. In terms of finding our lane, I think the maybe the blinker is still on. I think we're yeah. we're we're testing <laughs> testing things out. I think we're on the right road for sure, but we're still still trying to find that that lane. Or it's still like Matt was saying, it, it's evolving. Um, I don't know that we'll ever be in a spot where we say, okay, this is it. Uh, but at, okay. we we do kind of reevaluate on a regular basis as we take on new. Uh, project types as we as we've been growing we've been just internally having a lot of growth recently we're getting a lot bigger as a company Um, we always have to come back and reevaluate yeah where we're at I think the one the one common thread that I see is that the projects like Matt was saying the projects where we're successful are those where we can we can come in really engage with a client who has a problem to be solved um, and who's um, you know, really excited about teaming up so we can solve that problem together. Um, mm-hmm. I think I would put the anything that would be unsuccessful for us and then that other, other category of someone who comes and says, I've already got it figured out, but I need you to just kind of check these boxes for me to do this kind right. of um, technical documentation and be done. Um, I right. think we're, we've just set up the team to be able to do so much more that we're not, mm-hmm. that, that those would be, I guess, outside of our lane. Okay. See, I totally thought you were going to say a lunar base. I thought that was going to be the next, <laughs> the, the next big thing. That's, um, that's uh, no, that's a couple steps down the road. I, oh, okay, okay, <laughs> okay. That, we're not supposed that to sounds, talk about that. That sounds fun. <laughs> I, that does sound like a we fun project. Uh, yeah, there's a confidentiality yeah. agreement in place. Yeah. Elon called. I was like, no, not today, man. <laughs> we're all booked up. Yeah. So. Um, one of the questions we have that kind of brings it around the corner and rounding for home is tell us what you're excited about. So I think one, well, I'll say this, I'm, I'm excited about a lot of things. One of the things that's really exciting to me is our team. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, I genuinely believe we have the best uh, design team in town. Um, the folks in our office are great and we're kind of all, all growing together. So um, I'm excited about where we're at. But we've also been we've been doing a good bit of hiring recently, and we're doing a lot more. So I'm excited over the next year to see where things go, to see mm-hmm. the kind of internal dynamics, uh, the office culture that really uh, continues to blossom as as we get bigger. Yeah. Have you guys had Have you guys had people uh, really earn their stripes and really develop themselves, uh, and then leave Pact? Has that happened before? And d- and how do you feel about that? And do you does your heart swell with pride when you see them go on? We've had some interns that we really wanted to stick around yeah, who, had, who had who um, had other places to be, um, out of state, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And we we would have loved to see them stay. And at the same time, we really like uh, following them to the extent we can. If we're friends on Facebook or whatever, and just kind of seeing where they go and what they're what they're accomplishing. Yeah, at their high yeah. level of education, it's been really fun watching them grow 
like seeing them as young future architects to grow into some really great positions right now and in careers ahead of them. We have had uh, we've had a couple um, a couple students who have come on board uh, right out of school or just a few months after school um, who are now they're they're each licensed architects and they're also each uh, licensed interior designers mm-hmm. and they've really grown into um, some pretty amazing and strong uh, project leaders on the t- uh, on our team so it's I think that's been really exciting to see that's one of the things that I think uh, Matt and I are both both really excited about yeah and I, I was going to answer that question of like what's exciting to us I I was going to say growth, but all in alignment with what you were saying before, Brian, of uh, like the growth of our team has been pretty great. Like we've got, we've, we've worked really hard building up a really solid team right now that can deliver at a high level and we could not be more proud of them. Um, but we're so excited about the next 12 months. There's mm-hmm. so many new faces that are going to come in and building up that culture. I'm really excited about how the new, new team is going to come together and watch our, our current team members kind of step up even more and help, you know, kind of further what we've, what, what's been going on in our office. Like, I, I think fantastic. it's going to be a really exciting year. That's exciting. That's awesome. Man, I, I love hearing business owners who are excited about other people, even when they are doing incredible work themselves. I think that's I think that's a, a huge mark of maturity in a business just to hear that like push towards others. I think that's, that's, and that's honestly peppered throughout your whole business with well, the we're, way you we're in a collaborative customers. industry. Like there's like the projects can't be successful with one person. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. it takes a team. Yeah. That's awesome. I mean, it takes a team beyond even our office. Like we have um, some incredible engineers in town that we collaborate with like a, to really make a successful project, it is a big team, which goes back to the name name Pact. We just our goal yeah. is to be able to to help um, really push the vision so that everyone's yeah. um, engineers, everyone's being, clients, yeah. contractors, subcontractors on the job. Like the, it's all part of delivering that end product for the for the client. It's mm-hmm. it really is not our project, but that team effort is is a huge deal. Well, and the ease of working with you guys just helps. Uh, that word of mouth, the reputation, the referral business, like all of that, it's growing all the time. When we use your name in town, people are like, oh, know those guys, worked with them, love those guys. So, And yeah. that's and that's why you call yourself the performing architects coming together. <laughs> right. There it is. That was smart. That was smart. That was good. Yeah, that was yeah. good. We can license that, right? Yeah. 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 That's yours. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on today. We've really enjoyed the talk and I just love everything y'all are about, really. Thanks Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Brand Manual Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. We'd be super grateful if you shared. You can find the other episodes on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We'll see you next time on the Brand Manual Podcast.